0: like take a second and give everyone eye contact I'd be like how are you hello thanks for waving <laughs> um well good morning i'm excited to be here um if we have not met yet my name is amber mehan um i am one of the elders here at the lancaster vineyard um, i also oversee our small group ministry and then i get the joy of being on the preaching rotation um so if we haven't met you're welcome to come and find me after service i'd love to meet you Um, So if you've been with us the last couple weeks, then you know that we have been going through a series um, titled People on Mission. And we have chosen to take some time to talk about this. Um, People on Mission is like a fancy, much more comfortable way of saying the word evangelism. Because we found that a lot of people don't like that word. Um, So if you haven't been here the last couple weeks and you hear me use this phrase, people on mission, we're just talking about evangelism. We're talking about talking to people about Jesus. And this is a really important topic because we believe all the things we just sang about are true. That um, Jesus turns graves into gardens. He turns bones into armies and we believe that he's the only one who can and that there's no place we would rather be than in his arms and in his love so because we actually believe that's true because we've experienced it for ourselves then the the next logical step means that we have to be a people on mission because it's not just meant to be for ourselves But we are so convinced that there is no place better to be than Jesus, or with Jesus, that we want to invite other people onto a journey to experience the same breakthrough and transformation that I've experienced or that you've experienced. So the first conviction that I have to say this morning, and it's not on my really short list of notes, but i have to say it if we have a hard time talking to people about jesus because it feels uncomfortable or because we don't really know that we have like a story that's all that important to tell i would encourage you to consider have you invited jesus into the ordinary places of your lives or is he compartmentalized to just a sunday morning Or to a devotional time in your morning or evening schedule because i have experienced both i've experienced where i don't didn't really know that i had much of a story to tell because i grew up in the church i've never really known a time where i didn't know jesus My life has just been an ongoing journey of knowing him more and more through experience. And so a lot of times I just kind of chalked it up to, well, I don't really have that, like, great of a testimony, and so, like, I don't really have much to tell. But as I've gotten older, I've learned that as I've invited Jesus into the ordinary places of my life, the places of my life that really mattered, that felt hopeless— i discovered that jesus has so much freedom and joy and peace and goodness for me that he has transformed these parts of my life and i have been so blown away by it that i want other people to experience it too how many of you know someone in your life who desperately needs breakthrough in something very normal and everyday and common We all know somebody, right, who is desperate for hope. And our stories are the keys to giving them the pathway to that hope. So if you find that you have a hard time talking to Jesus, or talking, not talking to Jesus, talking to people about Jesus because you feel like your story is not that special, either the enemy is lying to you and he's trying to get you to think your story isn't that special, or we need to consider am i actually inviting jesus into all the parts of my life and not just compartmentalizing him to sunday makes sense okay now i'll actually get on to my sermon does that that was not planned um, okay so as we talk about and as we think through this idea of being a people on mission i personally like to consider the the goal of anytime i have an interaction with someone my goal is to leave that person um, in a state of being open okay i never want to have an encounter with someone in such a way where they are now closed to either me or jesus i always want to walk away from an encounter with someone so that they are still open either open to our next conversation or if i never meet them again they are open to someone else who is talking to them about jesus because they've met me and i didn't turn them off to jesus and so the next person who gets to talk to them receives a person who is still open or they're open to an invitation to my church they're open to an invitation to my small group they're open to, open to an invitation to alpha They're open to an invitation to give their life to Jesus. Whatever kind of open it it needs to be based on that person is fine. But the goal is for them to remain open by the end of our conversation. All right? So we need to keep that in mind. The goal, as long as they are still open and not closed off, then we have done something successful. Okay? So um, we have been talking the last couple weeks about how we have to kind of think differently about the way we talk to people about Jesus, the way we interact with people, um, and the way we get them to consider our lives and how we've, um, how we've encountered Jesus. Um, if, if I were to talk to many of you, you would say that, that talking about Jesus is uncomfortable for lots of different reasons. Um, I don't wanna be pushy. I don't wanna feel like I'm just trying to fit Jesus into every conversation. Um, I don't know where they stand with God and religion, and it may be a very sensitive topic for them. Um, My story's not that interesting. I don't know how to get the conversation started. Is that anyone? Like, I just don't know how to start, right? And so we're looking at some different ways in which we can begin to frame evangelism in our mind in such a way that it feels natural and that it feels at least somewhat comfortable. I can't guarantee you that you'll feel perfectly comfortable but it would be nice for it to at least feel somewhat comfortable when I'm talking to someone about Jesus but I really would just like for it to just feel kind of natural and not forced I don't want to be annoying I don't want to be weird I just want it to be a natural conversation so we're gonna look um, in Scripture this morning in John chapter 4 at a story um, that most of you are probably very familiar with if you've gone to church any length of time if you haven't gone to church uh, for very long and you're not familiar with the story of the woman at the well that's okay Um, I encourage you to go back and read the whole story um, sometime this week but we're going to take a look at um, the story of the woman at the well it's in John chapter 4 And I like this part of her story because she gives us a really creative example of how we can go about um, talking to other people about Jesus because that's what this woman does in this story. So just to kind of give you some background, um, we're not gonna read the whole conversation that she has um, with this man at the well. We're actually gonna look at the back half. But the important thing that you need to know about this story is that this woman um, leaves her town to go to a well to get water. And she comes across a man who's from another town that she doesn't know, and that they typically would not interact with one another because these two groups of people um, didn't get along. Uh, They had a long history of, um, of violence, and so these people wouldn't even associate with one another. And so she comes to this well, and there's a man there who's very um, clearly Jewish, and she's Samaritan. And she would be able to tell that just by the way he looked, um, the accent of his voice. And she has this really odd conversation with him. Okay, um, And throughout the conversation, um, this, this man kind of says some weird like things that she doesn't understand. And it leads the conversation to this guy um, operating in a spiritual gift that we call a word of knowledge Uh, Now, I don't have time to like do a whole sermon on spiritual gifts but just to kind of clarify a word of knowledge is when the Lord gives you a piece of information about someone that you shouldn't know like it doesn't make any sense that I know this about you um, because I've never met you or I don't know this part of your life and yet somehow I know it and that's because the Lord um, gave you this um, information about the person in the hopes of building up their faith And making them open to listening to you so this man gives this woman a word of knowledge and he tells her i know that you've been married and divorced five times and you are currently in um, in adultery you're currently having an affair with your current husband so this is like i don't recommend giving that word to somebody that is not best practice okay We want like a softball uh, word of knowledge if you're gonna go for it. Uh, But this man does that, and you would think the woman's response would be like to be ashamed, but it actually turns the conversation into something that's, um, she ends up asking this man because she thinks, oh, you must be a prophet, and she ends up leading um, a discussion with this man about something really um, personal and really important to her. And by the end of the conversation, this man reveals to the woman at the well that he is Jesus. And that he is actually the person that she was just talking about. Because she ends up telling him, well, I know once Jesus Christ, the Messiah, comes, he's gonna explain this all to me, all these confusing things you're saying, and he'll make sense of it all. And he tells her, I am him, I'm Jesus, I'm the Messiah. And so we're gonna pick up in verse 28 this morning and we're gonna look and see what she does directly after that revelation, okay? It's really short, but it gives us a really good glimpse into a creative way to talk to people about Jesus. So in verse 28 it says, so the woman left her water jar and went into town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did can this be the Christ so they meaning all those people went out of the town and they went to Jesus isn't that like the ideal situation we tell someone about Jesus and they immediately like believe and go I love that let's hop down to verse 39 many samaritans from that town believed in jesus because of the woman's testimony he told me all that i ever did the samaritans went to jesus they asked him to stay with him with them and then many more believed because jesus stayed and talked to them and they told the woman it's now no longer because of what you said that we believe but now we've heard for ourselves and we know that this is indeed the savior of the world so in verse 20 uh let's see 29 we're given um two sentences now i'm sure there was a lot more dialogue than just two sentences okay but the author decided if i could tell you anything about what this woman did you need to know this part of what she said and we know that it's important because the author repeated it again later on and the part that we see that the author chose to highlight was that she went into town And she told everyone he told me all that i ever did that word of knowledge so this story tells me that a really great way of talking to people about jesus isn't telling them how i know god's real or how what you believe is not real or not true it's not by telling someone how they should behave or not behave i can just tell someone about me and my encounter with jesus and that's enough To be attractional and to make people curious and open to jesus all i have to do is find a way to share my everyday stories of how jesus has encountered parts of my life and how he's transformed them and now i have hope because that's what the woman walked away with she came to the well hopeless she encountered jesus and she walked away with hope And that's the only thing I have to share with people to bring them open. Um, I heard this really great uh, quote by Tim Mackey. He is the guy, if you've ever listened to any of the Bible Project videos, he's the voice in those videos. Um, He, I was taking a class this summer through him, and he said something at the very end of the class. He said, Jesus doesn't need you to sell him. He just needs people who tell their stories and that he can do the rest. And I thought that was a really beautiful quote, and I, I want to remember that. I don't have to sell Jesus to anyone. He is sellable all on his own. I can just share how he's encountered me, and I can trust that that's gonna offer a piece of hope that's gonna leave you open and curious for more. So, this still begs the question. I, can, I know I can use my story, to talk to people about Jesus in a natural way, because it's my story. But that still begs the question, like, how do I get the conversation started, right? Like, it's easy to talk to people that we we know, um, people that we see every day. We naturally have conversations with them. But how to get the conversation started with someone, like, whether it's a stranger or it's someone I've seen around and I just haven't ever taken the time to um, get to know them. So what I would like to do this morning is I would like to just walk us through some really practical steps of how to get the conversation from point A to point B. So point A being I just need to start a conversation, point B being the goal of I've shared an element of my story with Jesus because there's lots of hurdles along the way, okay? Does does that sound good with you? We just talk through some practical things, okay? Hopefully it does, because it's on the slides, so I have to do it. All right, so first thing, and this is gonna, a lot of these are gonna sound really silly and simple, okay, I'm just gonna be honest, but even though they're silly and simple, those are often the things we miss, okay? So the first thing I have to consider when I want to engage in a conversation with someone is I have to consider, do I have margin? Margin, you know that space on the sides of your papers that you had to have when you went to college that kept all your words in the right spot, right? The margin. Does my life have margin? I will never have a conversation with someone about Jesus if my life isn't slowed down enough to even recognize the people around me. If I am constantly running from thing to thing to thing and I'm always late, I'm always behind, um, I'm always feeling stressed and busy, I'm probably not going to find time to slow down and have a conversation with someone that I might not know. I can't recognize and acknowledge other people around me if I'm too fast to even see them. So this has to be step number one. I have to consider my schedule. Do I have space through my day where I can move slow enough that I actually am aware of the people around me? Second part. I like to call this outward curiosity. Okay? What I mean by outward curiosity, and I apologize in advance, Phil, this is going to go in direct opposition of your announcement. But in order to have um, outward curiosity, the first thing I have to do is make eye contact And acknowledge that the other person exists I know that sounds silly but do you know how often we walk around and as soon as someone starts coming by we look down and then as soon as we pass we look back up have you ever noticed that it's like what are we afraid of I have to make eye contact with people and acknowledge they exist in order to start a conversation so I actually have started doing this just as a spiritual practice in my life this summer. I've decided that everywhere I walk, even if I'm just walking by a person, I don't have time to talk to them. um, I'm actually going to like look up and I'm going to give them eye contact. And I'm at least going to smile, make sure they know that they're noticed and they're seen. So we have to make eye contact. We have to make sure the other person knows we see them. And then the second thing, I find this really helpful, this is the part that's like, it goes from not talking to now we're talking. Just notice something about them and then ask them about it. Okay, we love to give clues about ourselves on our bodies, right? Like from the way we do our hair, the tattoos we have, the way we dress, I might have a cast, someone might be walking with, a, with crutches, an interesting piercing, I don't know, but we give people clues about ourselves all over our body. I might not wanna to talk to you because I'm an introvert, but I'm gonna wear like, my favorite sports team on my hat and my shirt and my socks, right? So after you make eye contact with that person and you wanna talk with them, just notice something about them and then ask them about it notice something about them, and then ask them about it. I did this the other day at a store. I noticed this guy had a logo on his hat and his shirt, so I assumed, like, well, it must be important to him for some reason, so I just asked him, what, what's that logo for? And then he, like, made fun of me because it was, like, a really well-known sports team, and I don't know football all that well i was like oh, okay sorry um but then i got to like i got to talk to him like so, uh, what so you were wearing a hat and a shirt with that logo what makes that team special to you and then he told me a story about how he used to live in that state and um and he went to that college and then they moved to ohio and now his son his only son goes to that college and i learned all of this simply because i asked him what does that logo mean on your hat why are you wear it why is it important Do you see how simple that can be? Oh, I see you're wearing a purple shirt. Is purple your favorite color? Why do you like purple so much? I asked a lady one time at the grocery store why half of her hair was dyed lime green, and she talked to me for like five minutes about why green was her favorite color and how it was like emotionally important to her, all because I asked why she had dyed her hair green. So it's really simple, but like, But we get tripped up, on how do I just pick something on their body and ask them about it? And then the next part of being outwardly curious, ask a follow-up question to what they tell you to take the conversation deeper. I'm being mindful that I want this conversation to go from general facts to personal facts to something that you think, feel, believe, hope for. That's my goal. I want the conversation to move deeper. And so as you're sharing this thing with me, this general fact about you, I'm asking follow-up questions to take the conversation deeper, just like the lady with the green hair. Oh, I like your hair. Thanks. Green's my favorite color. What makes green so... Why is green your favorite color? Is there like a personal connection to that? I'll tell you what. Tattoos are the best thing to ask people about because tattoos are deeply personal. So if you want to talk to someone and make the conversation go deeper, ask them about their tattoo. That's an easy... easy low-hanging fruit all right as we are outwardly curious we want to do something else all at the same time we are people of multitasking especially when we're talking because you're probably also thinking about what you want to eat for lunch and we want to be inwardly curious Okay, inwardly curious means I want to pay attention to what's going on inside my mind while this person is talking, okay? I want to make sure I'm checking in with my brain. Am I paying attention or am I thinking about how this person kind of smells weird? Am I thinking about how I need to start going, like I need to get to my next appointment? I need to like, I need to hold those thoughts back and make sure I'm coming back to listening. And if the conversation is going deeper, there's a chance that they might say something that makes me feel something. So I want to be, I wanna be um, recognizing my, not only my inner dialogue, but also my emotions. Am I empathizing with this person? Because now they just shared something that I understand how that feels. Are they saying something that kind of just offended me? Did they say something that makes me curious? Did they say something that makes me angry? I want to pay attention to what's going on in my head and in my heart, and I wanna make sure that I'm being a good listener because the goal of our conversation, this is part two of being inwardly curious, the goal is to understand the person to connect with them, not to argue and get them to agree, okay? I do not want to make the goal of our conversation that we agree by the end of the conversation. I want us to connect so you stay open And so I want to understand. You could be telling me that the sky is pink. I would love to know how you got to that conclusion. Like, please, tell me. Not being sarcastic, I want to know. How did you get to believe and feel that way about that topic? So our goal is to listen to understand, not to agree. So I'm bringing myself back to deep listening, asking these outward curious questions. Is this, you tracking with me? Is this good, helpful, okay? I know it's a lot, hopefully you're taking notes. All right, now, at this point in the conversation, you may be at a couple different places. You may be out of time and you need to go. You, um, the person is kind of giving you body cues that they're like, okay, like I'm kind of done talking to you and I need to go. So at any point, we need to be willing to let go of the conversation right? And I may not have gotten to talk to you about Jesus, but I did get to allow you to feel seen, interesting, and important in that moment. And that sounds a whole lot like Jesus to me, all right? But let's say for the sake of this um, talk this morning that we um, discern that the conversation is there's, we're free to keep talking. I'm listening for anything that this person shares that makes me think of something about my story, you just said something that reminded me of something about my life and because we're already in a natural exchange back and forth of question and answer sharing and listening i can now begin to share i get what you're saying that makes me think of fill in the blank does that make sense so i'm listening for an opportunity to connect what you're saying to something in my life and suddenly i now find myself in a position to share my story to tell this person about Jesus. So let's talk about how we then begin to share our story because there are some important parts we wanna make sure that we include, okay? Before we say anything though, we wanna make sure that we breathe, that we slow down, and that we stay calm. Because I don't know what it is, well actually I think I do know what it is. There's something that happens when it becomes our turn to talk like, we let the other person know that we find them genuinely interesting and worth listening to, but then when it comes to our turn, like, I think the enemy makes us think like, you're, you're, what you're getting ready to say isn't actually all that important. And like, you're just being a burden on this person. Like, like uh, they're not really, you're not really that interesting. That person was interesting to you, but you're not going to be interesting to them. The enemy loves to make us think that our story is not worth hearing because it holds the key to hope. He doesn't want us to share our story. So when I begin to share my story, I need to make sure I'm staying calm. And I'm not letting the enemy win. I'm telling myself, this part of my story is worth sharing because this person is going to feel connected to. And it might just lead to an opportunity of hope for them. And then I want to begin to connect a part of my story with theirs. So there are three parts to our story we want to make sure that we include. I want to talk about how this part of my life, what it looked like before Jesus intervened in it. And I'm not talking about our big salvation story. I'm talking about like the little things like my finances, my relationship with food, my physical health, my relationship with that really difficult friend, coworker, family member. These little zoomed-in parts of our story. These are the things that I want to share with people because these are the things that are going to help the person connect to us. Because if I share how I've been struggling with my relationship with food, that might connect to you too. Does that make sense? So I want to make sure I include the part of my story and what it looked like before Jesus encountered it. And then I want to share how Jesus encountered me in this place. This does two things. It shares our testimony, and then it also allows that person to get an idea of what it looks like to encounter Jesus. So if that means I started journaling about this thing, and Jesus really showed up and and started sharing his heart with me while I was journaling, guess what that person just heard? Oh, I can encounter Jesus through journaling? interesting or i started just listening to worship music and then praying about that person every single day and the lord started softening my heart to that person and he showed me how he saw that other person even though they hurt me and that person just heard oh i can encounter jesus through worship music that's interesting i think i could do that so we want to make sure we include how jesus has encountered that part of our life and then lastly, we want to share what is our life like now? What is this part of my story like now that Jesus has encountered it? It may be fully transformed because it was in the past or may it may be a current thing that you're attempting to find transformation in. This offers the hope and the peace, the attractional part that we want to offer to other people. So before encounter and life now with.